So, this is called Whiskey Connoisseur, the Whiskey Social Network. Tell me what you're doing at Whiskey Live London. Okay, so Whiskey Connoisseur are digital partners for, um, for Whiskey Live, and we're running a, a special digital event here called the Whiskey Pod. Right. The Whiskey Pod is a place where you can come with whatever's in your glass, and you can do a quick video review in our video review booth um, of, of the whiskey that you have. So it can be 30 seconds or a minute. It gets uploaded um, pretty much in real time to to our uh, website, and right. you can share it with your friends on, on Facebook or Twitter. Lovely. Uh, and it's uh, it's a bit of fun really for the for the event, and um, just a, a, a little. A little break from the norm. So bringing the traditional heritage of whisky up into the digital age. Exactly. Is there much uptake on this? Has it been successful? Yeah. Yesterday was, um, you know, yesterday was pretty much mostly uh, press and trade. Right. So we were kind of uh, fine-tuning for today, really, which is the big day. As you can see, it's is that a just full, starting a full house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're expecting a very busy day actually, and it, it's a uh, it's a really great uptake. It's it's not too serious. It's a bit of fun, keeping it fresh and and just enjoyable. Hello and thank you for downloading this episode of the Malted Muse podcast. If you want to contact me for any reason, please do so by email at jim at themaltedmuse.com. This episode started with Jean-Luc from www.connoisseur.com and that's connoisseur spelt C-O-N-N-O-S-R and was the second quick interview I did at this year's Whiskey Live London. The first interview can be heard at the end of this episode. Now I wanted to start with this interview because it makes it clear that this event was going to be more than just tasting whiskey. As well as the fact that www.connoisseur.com looks like an interesting site. I was quite impressed with some of the stuff they were doing there. The event itself was great. I'm not saying it was cheap, not when you have to bear in mind train tickets and things like that, but for the cost of the tickets and everything, to then go in and be able to sample some of these award-winningly wonderful whiskies and meet and talk to some of these leading people in the world of whiskey as well as picking up the enthusiasm and interest of everybody else around you it doesn't come much better it really doesn't and other issues such as food and facilities they're all good as well the only problem i had was that there is so much to take in that it is actually quite hard to take it all in and some things happened at different times to how I was told that they were going to happen and that meant that there is a couple of events that I missed out on and I was looking forward to them however both times I replaced them with other things and I was glad to do so because the other things there were wonderful as well Now, before the event, I had been in contact with listener Simon Seaton. Now, he emailed me about my comments about Ardbeg's Blasda some time ago, and we decided it would be a good idea to taste a whiskey together. And so we did. Almost blind, we tasted this whiskey that I I had literally just glimpsed at a few moments earlier, Thought it looked interesting, but knew nothing about. In fact, at that point of tasting, 
I couldn't even tell you what the name of the whiskey was, how strong it was. All I knew was that it was from Berry Brothers and it was Irish. Simon. Simon, so good to see you. And you, Jim. Especially after our correspondence. <laughs> I did think about tasting a blaster together, but... They're not here, I've already looked. <laughs> Well, yeah, I hope there's nothing sinister behind why they're not here. No, I'm sure there isn't. <laughs> but just to refresh anybody who's listening, they're, they're our relationship with each other, you're the man who put me straight about Glasgow. That's right. And I need to thank you for that. because it's defended some, its honour. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've picked this whiskey for us to try, and you just asked me, you, can't, you don't know what this one's called. Correct. I'm going to be honest, I don't know what this one's called either. Okay. I just got a quick look at the, the bottle earlier. And this is from Berry Brothers, and it's an Irish whiskey. And I thought this one would be interesting because on the back of the label, I've not read the front of the label, just the back, it was talking about peat. Okay. Now, Cooley's, as far as I was aware, is the only one that is doing a peated whiskey at the moment. So whether this is from the Cooley's stable, I don't know. Could okay. well be. Cooley's are here. I've tried yeah. the, the Turf Moor. They're here. That oh, what did you good. think of the Turf Moor? I really liked it. I really liked it. Yeah, I was yeah. very impressed. I love Irish whiskey in general. I started drinking whiskey through Irish, not Scotch. Yeah. I went to Cork because my mother's side of the family is from Cork and ended up in Middleton about five or six years ago. And I uh, did the tour there and did bought some bottles. And so Irish was sort of what led me into whiskey. And I think, and I'd resisted the sort of Scotch and the heavily yeah. heated and, and all those sort of whiskeys very really enjoyed Irish but over time developed the palate and expanded the palate yeah. and now enjoy all Well of I know that through Blasda you started to explore exactly. the more peaty whiskey. Exactly, yeah. I haven't got the foggiest what this one's going to taste like. It okay. might not even be peated at all but yeah. let's have a little go at it. No, I, must say, not, not, I don't get any smoke. No, no. I'm not picking up any peat on the nose. It's quite a pale whiskey. Yeah, a little alcohol in the nose. I don't know if it was a cast strength or a, a stronger ABV. Mm. That's a very clean flavour. I think there is a hint, just a hint of peat. There's smoke something. on the back. Yeah, yeah. It's on the, yeah right. On the, on the finish, there's that little bit no. of smokiness that comes I, through. I would call that a scotch if I didn't know. If you just gave me that and said, mm. what do you think that is? I would say yeah. that little heat at the back, that little smoke on the back, I would say. But it has got a little touch, scotch. I don't know if you're picking this up, a little bit of oiliness on the texture of this as it, as it, as it goes down. It's coating the mouth really nicely. But yeah. it's what I would, this is a dry whiskey. Yeah, it's very dry and yeah. stringent. Yeah, there's not an overbearing sweetness to it. No, it doesn't have, the, that's what I said, it doesn't have a lot of characteristics I would expect in an Irish whiskey. It doesn't have the sweetness. Mm. It's quite dry and it has a little smoke or heat in the, in the back. And even maybe now I've got it in my mouth and I can taste it, maybe now I can maybe pick a little peat or smoke in, in, the, in the nose. But. Now, interesting, you saying you, you tried the Turf Moor. Yep. Turf Moor from Cooley's. Yeah. As I said earlier, Cooley's is the only one I know of doing a, a peated Irish at the moment. How would you compare this? Not rate, but compare this to the Turf Moor? Uh, I think the Turf Moor is, is, the peat was there, it was in the nose, it was very clear. Um, and I think it was, it was uh, more of a, it was a very good malt under the, I mean, I got the yeah. very, I really liked 
the, the but, whiskey underneath the peat as well. But going on the taste, would you think that these two are related to each other in any way? Could you? I would say just off the first taste, no. No. And yeah, no, I would say no. You'll prove me wrong now. Well, I'm the foggiest idea myself. Mm. So in Which a is moment, the danger. Yeah, in a moment, I, I should go and interview and see what I can find from it. I have to say, I really oh. like that. I find that easy to drink, develops on the palate. I don't know if it's my favourite. There is a, a slight sourness to it. That's the only thing, right at the end. A little bit of sourness that comes up on the palate. But you also have to be careful with events like this that your palate becomes contaminated and overwhelmed. Yeah, there's a lot of just, uh, there's a lot of in the room, just the, the vapors and smell in the room. And that was something I've noticed now, trying to know things. Oh, yeah. Is trying to, so I, I want to taste it separately, but um, no, I do like it. It's very nice. Like I said, I would suspect it might even be a blend than a, than right. a, than a single malt. Um, it's very reminiscent to me of a, of a good yeah. quality blended scotch. Yeah. Nice, drinkable. I've always liked grain whiskies and, and blended whiskies. I've never been sort of obsessed with the malt. I've always felt like there's great blends, there's great Irish whiskey, there's great... Um, now, now I don't get the peat again. So, so if it's there, it's just, just yeah, at the back. Yeah, yeah. I must if confess, I've, yeah, the peat came for a little while. Then when, but you're never too smoke. sure whether or not. Yeah. How much of that is power suggestion? Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Whether it's uh, it's more yeah smoke than heat. I would say just again I would say very reminiscent of a scotch. Have you tried the hedonism yet? I haven't. That's on my list. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I want to try. I'm going to hazard a guess you're going to really like that if you can get through to the stand because it's yeah. a very popular stand. I really like the. Uh, Green Oil. Yeah. That, that's Green been one. my favourite dram today. Which one did you have? Is that they got more than one there? I think they're just showing the uh, eight, uh, standard expression. It's eight, eight years old. Eight year old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but very, very happy with that. That's one of the first whiskies my wife actually got to enjoy. Oh, really? But it's similar to the Blasdor experience. It's, it's quite a light whisky. It's yeah. very easy to drink. Well, it's the first one of the day. So yeah. Yeah, 12 o'clock. Yeah. Breakfast whiskey. Lovely. Thank you very much, Simon. Thank you, Simon, for joining me with that tasting. When I'd finished doing that tasting with Simon, I went over to the Berry Brothers stand, had a word with Ronnie Cox, who was there absolutely charming man really enjoyed his company but i did ask a bit about the irish whiskey that they had there i wanted to taste it with simon without any knowledge because sometimes it can be a bit of fun to try a whiskey and not know anything about it i'd had a little look at the back of the label and picked up the word pete that had got stuck in my mind but apart from that, I, I didn't know anything about this whiskey. So I was keen to find out a little bit about it. And basically it is a Berry Brothers and Rudd's own label on it. The whiskey was called, and I'm sure I pronounced this wrong, I often say that, um, Creonamona Irish Malt Whiskey. It was 46% ABV. It's a single malt 
Irish whiskey, 10 year old, and it actually does come from Cooley's Distillery. There's a few things, shall we say, that we got right there, and some that we didn't. Now, Berry Brothers and Rudd's notes on this say it's delicate in colour. Yeah, I'll go with that. We said it was, it was very light. The wonderfully vibrant nose shows a veritable forest of bracken and ferns with fresh, bright flowers peeking out. Some lemon meringue and sugared almonds round everything out nicely. The savoury palette opens up to show rosehip and orange peel, even some fresh peaches and cream, all underpinned by the firm but cushioned influence of top quality peat. The finish is long, smooth and decidedly Moorish. Well, sometimes people can be very um, flamboyant in their language, the way they describe. I don't think I fall into that category. I can remember the whiskey having a, a bit of an edge to it, and that would certainly come out with the lemony freshness, the fresh peaches. But there was also that little bit of an underlying oiliness to it despite the crispness which sometimes you get with things like cream which is also mentioned that blend of orange peel and yet also sugared almonds and yes there was that element of peat not of overbearingly strong peat but there was that element of peat to it very enjoyable I believe that it is for sale at about £44, £44.70. A lovely whiskey. And again, thank you, Simon. But of course, that wasn't the only whiskey that I tasted while I was there. And I was very honoured to sit down in the VIP lounge and taste some absolutely wonderful Springbank whiskey under the guidance of someone rather knowledgeable. I work for, for Springbank Distillers, who are based in Campbelltown, and Hazelburn is one of their four single malts that we produce there in a very traditional, handcrafted way. Unbelievably traditional. It's like a working museum for those of you who have ever ventured that far south in the mainland. You know, do you know where Campbelltown is? Yeah. Yes. Coast, yeah. Muller Kintyre, which is famous for years ago, Paul McCartney, <laughs> uh, famous single. But um, traditionally a whiskey making region. Although there are only three working distilleries here now, it's, it's its own specific whiskey. Taste and style, Campbellton region, and Springbank um, own Springbank Distillery plus Glengyle Distillery, and they produce Hazelburn, Long Row, and the famous Springbank malts, which you can try. They're all downstairs, and you can try the whole the whole selection down there, and uh, all in limited production, if you like. It's a bit of a boutique brand. It's got cultish status, I think that's the best way to put it. And this is a new release, just released this week, of Hazelburn, which is triple distilled. 
quite Irish in its style. Yeah. Uh, but Scotland, ourselves, and Auchentoshan, triple distilled. So I hope you'll get a smoothness from that uh, West Coast malt that is not usual. This wood expression is our first wood expression of the hazel burn, and it's had five years in bourbon casks and the last three years in Sautern casks. Sautern, French dessert wine. Um, very rich. That's unusual though, isn't it? I mean, it's, bourbon doesn't tend to give up too much colour. Sauternes is a white wine. That's a dark colour. And it's given it very dark colours. Yeah. I know, I know. Five years refilled bourbon, three years in Sautern. It's a term, it's a French term, it's one of the best known ones. And um, what you're getting from it is of interest to find, if, if you agree with what our distillery manager was looking for. Do I find the nose of that? It's quite, it's quite a heavy nose, it's got almost like a molasses, sherry quality. Yeah, like the colour of it is quite amazing. With the dash of water it starts to open it up nicely, some of the top fruits, the some of the sort of fruits you'd expect from Sauternes start to come through. So it's, it's 56% great ABV as then if you want to light some water. It's nice. I think it's amazingly mature for, for yeah, eight years. How long is it? I mean, it, it could be easy, I mean, with a triple still to, to really ruin the distillery character mm. with a finish. But I don't think it does. Yeah, yeah it's always the danger. You have the hazel bun that's still in yeah. the back. We, we managed to do it. We managed to do it with the Springbank 12-year-old Claret Wood. Did you try that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was very popular. But still, Springbank is a more robust More robust. Than than uh, this is finer. And Madeira finish you did, actually. Was that the long row Madeira finish? Yeah. Springbank Spring Madeira as well. There's a long row Gaia Barone, which was, again, well received. But the colour of this is quite amazing, given the, the cask history. Was there much char on the cask? And it was refilled bourbon on this one, this Saturn, they were fresh. It was fresh Saturn. Don't know about the, the, the degree of char on it. What do you think of it? Do you like what you're. I think it needs, yeah, just a, wee, a cap full of water is usually enough to bring it out. So, what's your personal favourite? Hazel Burn is my favourite. Um, this one? Or? I, I like the 12 year old Hazel Burn, which was released last year. I'm just getting tips when I get downstairs. Have you been, have you been to our stand? I've been there. Yeah, yeah so. you'll need to come in and see what else we do. But Hazel Burn 12 is my, my personal favourite. It's uh, predominantly bourbon, but a little bit of refill sherry for the last few years. I like uh, uh, I like triple distilled biscuits, smoother biscuits. Long row is our other extreme, yeah. which is our Isla type malt. The 18-year-old is one of my all-time favourite whiskies. There's a new 18-year-old coming out Isn't later it? this year. And again, um, very limited, but we think that will be a winner. What happened uh, last autumn? We had some problem with the boiler. The condenser had to be replaced. Yes. You had to do the stuff for. Uh, well, I didn't. You weren't in production. Then. No, it, I mean, we don't produce all year round. 
and what we produce more of is Springbank and uh, when we're not producing it's maintenance it's the same it's a very small team it's only six guys that, that, that do everything in the in the distillery for how many months would you be distilling Springbank uh, this year this, this year it was about six months and plan for 2011 yeah and, but for long row in, in Hazelburn it's, it's probably just a month at a time and then Glengarry then they go to that's Glengarry. a separate yeah, yeah I know yeah Glengarry will be produced for two or three months it was only two or three months okay. so when the when the condenser went there wasn't any loss of production no no just get by yeah. patched it up <laughs> it's uh, we don't really spend a lot of money on capital equipment it's all very traditional Everything is dating back to the 60s. Mm. Have you have you you've been? Have yeah, you, I've been. You've been yeah. around the distillery. It, it truly is uh, a museum. And it's, and it's the nicest sense. We don't mass produce anything, and we keep the the demand is, is there. And when you come to these shows, I'm proud to say Spring Bank stand is always well attended. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's got a lot of fans. A lot of fans. Can I just go back to the point? It seems like this year you're in full production. I mean, compared to last year, you had two or three months mm-hmm. uh, of production, Spring Bank and Nagai combined. But now you're producing. We're producing more. Year round. We, 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 yes, we, we've got to plan for the future because at the moment we don't really have a lot of old whiskies. But you've also, if my understanding is right, you've also reopened the whiskey school, is that? Yeah, it's been, it, we, we run a whiskey school which lasts for a week and it's hands on. Yeah. <laughs> You'll come back fitter. <laughs> uh, and it's been oversubscribed, so there's now two whiskey schools. Right. Um, come from all over, all over the world, it's quite amazing to experience it. And it really is in with the, in with the guys. And I'm going to make this sound like I'm advertising on your behalf. Yeah. Uh, if my understanding is, it the only whiskey school where you can actually go and experience the whole process from from malting? To my knowledge, and, yes, because not I don't think there's many other distilleries. Highland Park, I think, still do some of their own maltings, but we do everything from uh, start to finish. We've got our own malting floors. If you were in the whiskey school, you would be doing the grubbing. Um, you would be involved in filling the kill, emptying the kill, monitoring it, um, and then through the distilling process, you would be shown how to operate the spirit safe. So it's really hands-on. And we even do the bottling there as well. All using local, local raw materials when possible. If it's a very wet winter, we've got to get the barley from somewhere else. <laughs> East Coast, not it's, it's, it's as handcrafted a whiskey as you'll get anywhere in the future. There's no doubt about it. I'm proud to say that. And I hope it comes across in the rawness of it. Yeah. I was also warned that if ever I go to Springbank Distillery, and I was warned actually just when I was at Springbank Distillery, never to actually mention the soul Mullican <laughs> I think for the locals, that is a bit embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not a local. I live in Glasgow. I know, I know the area very well. I've been there before I came into the whiskey business. I knew it very well. And that's what most Scots associate with Camelton. But I've got a sneaky feeling that, the, you, I don't know if he's still there now, but there's a member of staff at the Springbank Distillery that they buy. 
Yeah, that's yeah, 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 quite bad, yeah. They actually yeah, played it on the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think some well, of them you're, you're too young to remember it, but uh, it used to be, it was played and played and played on TV. It was number one for months and months and months. And a local fight band uh, was featured on the, on the, around the video with Paul McCartney and Wings. And the pipe, the pipe band leader worked in the distillery. Most people in town have got a connection with the distillers. Although we only employ 50 people. There's a whiskey shop there as well called Caddenheads. Caddenheads is you know, there's Scotland's oldest independent bottlers. They're originally from Aberdeen, they bought the company back in the 70s. And they've got a shop in the town. It's an excellent tasting room. And also there's a Caddenhead shop in Edinburgh, in the Royal Mile. And there's a Cannhead shop in London, uh, in Chilton Street, just off Baker Street, and that's where you'll, you'll get the biggest selection of Springbank, Malts and Cannhead's independent bottlings from other, other whiskey regions. So if you're in this, that's the place to go. They also do a very good blend there, don't they? Yeah. Camel de Lop too, a good yeah. blended whiskey as well. It's very good sound. Camel de Lop, very good, very good value. I hope, I hope you liked that. I hope you gave, a, gave you an idea of what we've got. Come down and see us at the, yeah. the stand. Excuse me, gents, I'll just go and see you on the shops. Well, I feel the need to say a thank you to Ian Scott from Springbank for leading us through that wonderful experience of the sauterne finished eight-year-old Hazelburn. It was lovely. And in the background there were some other voices there, other people in that little group joining in, and amongst them was Neil Ridley, the whiskey writer, um, whose work can be found at caskstrength.net whiskey blog. And I know that he has written for, for whiskey magazine in the past and also there was Ingvar Rond who is the editor of the Malt Whiskey Yearbook and again that can be found at www.maltwhiskeyyearbook.com but as I said at the beginning of this podcast you know at Whiskey Live it wasn't just drinking whiskey there are other things going on there as well. I have seen other things at whiskey festivals before but I think this is the first time I've seen anything quite like I did on one of the stands where amongst them were some glasses and I don't mean drinking glasses. I represent moazo.co.uk and we've actually been invited along to the show to showcase one of our, our key products in the, in the whiskey market, which is the uh, Terraformer uh, Whiskey Stones, also known as Whiskey Rocks. Right. The idea behind the stone is that if you prefer to have your whiskey chilled and not diluted, yeah. is you would use this product. It's actually made from soapstone, uh, milled in Vermont in the USA. It's then hand-finished to remove any sort of uh, harsh uh, particles and make the edges more rounded and smooth so it won't scratch the glass when you're swirling around your, okay. your, your, fine, your fine whiskey. Um, at the same time, all you would have to do is that the, the properties of, of soapstone is that it loves being cold. Put it in the freezer, take, uh, after about uh, three hours of uh, initial freeze time, take them out and they will keep that, that temperature 
for anywhere between three to four hours, right. depending on the environment, obviously. Put them in your drink, just, 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 add, just, just cover them ever so slightly with your favorite whiskey, give it a minute to kind of absorb and move around, and you'll find it will just take the edge off without diluting or over-chilling your favorite drink. Now this, this, in a way, goes back to the days when people would go and take some pebbles out of the local stream to put into their glass. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that story until over the past two days, right. where everyone's saying, actually, even though there are some Scottish distilleries who say don't chill or don't add, yeah. it came from the Scots, adding yeah. adding rocks to your whiskey. Absolutely. Uh, and again, it came from the cold Well, back screen. in those days, of course, the whiskey would have been a lot younger, a lot more, yeah, needs yeah. to be calmed down a lot. Yeah, yeah. So this sort of thing with a new mate spirit could be just the thing. Exactly. And what we found is that that even though they're marketed as whiskey stones or whiskey rocks and ideal for your whiskey, most of our customers, that are, the feedback that we receive from them is that they're not, they don't only use it for whiskey, they also use it for their bourbon. All right. And it's, it's a really good bourbon product. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we've had really good feedback on it, especially if you're new to whiskey and you want to take the edge just off that bottle you've just yeah. purchased. Uh, you can get one of these, and it, uh, I, I personally believe that it makes that whiskey experience just that little bit more acceptable if you're new okay now there's looking across your stand here yeah i'm seeing some things i never thought i'd see at a whiskey festival yeah such as sunglasses yeah well, what's this to do with well the the idea or the ethos behind muazo.co.uk is that we we bring in brands that are under the radar of the larger brands okay. and these brands don't tend to be available or readily available in the uk so we've given them a home in the UK. And the idea is that we work on conversational pieces. So even though we're here to show off the whiskey-related products, we have a small sample of what else we offer. So we have a sunglasses that are handmade in Italy. Okay. In this particular one, we have Retro Super Future. We've just unveiled a small sample of the spring collection uh, at, at the show. It's the first time it's been seen in the UK. And what we've done, these actually come with Carl Zeiss lenses. So we don't only go for the product has to be different, we go for the product has to be of some level of quality. The product has to offer something the mainstream doesn't offer. Okay. And that all comes in at a reasonable price point. Again, we've got other glasses by Danish designers, Han. And in the back, you'll see another, another uh, pair of sunglasses by uh, a company or organization called Colab based in Australia. So these brands are all from around the world and we, and we give them a home, we showcase them, we introduce them to the UK market, which tends to be more brand driven. So we're trying to give them something more individual and our strap line is individual fashion and design. Okay, right. So any products that fit into that will make you feel different, will make you feel like an individual. Even if you move back to the whiskey stones, yep. you, you, you've got them in your drink, you've got a friend over, they're an instant conversation starter. So listen, here's your chance. If any of my listeners mm. want to know more about your product, yes. how do they get hold of it? We're, we're a totally online-based business. Uh, we've got a full customer service team waiting for any questions. You can contact us or visit us on muazo.co.uk. That's spelled M-U-A-Z-O.co.uk. And you can contact us on our customer services uh, email address. That's customer service at muazo.com. Lovely. Thank you very much. You. Well, as the day went on, I got to see lots of people 
interview lots of people and I'm not going to try to get all those interviews down into just one podcast, especially as some of them um, are more lengthy than others and really deserve to be part of a separate podcast in their own right. For example, the wonderful interview that I had with Ronnie Cox from Berry Brothers, who was very eloquent in the way that he spoke about Berry Brothers and Rudd. And that really does deserve to be by itself in another episode. What I'm going to do is a little bit back to front. I'm going to say goodbye now, and I'm going to finish with an interview that I did with Douglas Lang and Co. with Jan Becker's Mort Ambassador for Douglas Lang. And it's a bit back to front because actually it's how I started the day. When I got there, I wanted to have a little walk around, familiarise myself with the place, and I wanted something appropriate to start the day off, that first whiskey of the day. And in a previous episode, I, I have said don't always think that the oldest whiskey is the best one or the most expensive whiskey is the best one and no matter how experienced you think you are with whiskey don't feel frightened or ashamed or shy into saying to somebody what one do you advise which would you recommend and just so you don't have to take the advice but sometimes it can open up a door for you so there I was, I was wanting to get acclimatised to the place, wanted a little bit of support, and I do know that Douglas Lang is a company that produced some wonderful stuff, and so that seemed to me to be a good place to uh, make my first stop. So I will leave you with the interview, it's not too long, um, but the interview with Jan Beckers, and I should just take this time to say I most definitely enjoyed making this episode. Thank you for listening. Feel free to contact me. As I said before, my email address is jim at themaltedmuse.com. company or whatever. Can I talk to Mrs. Jan Beckers? Yeah. Uh, no, it, it's Mr. Jan Beckers. <laughs> so it's Jan Beckers and you're Mort Advocate? Uh, Mort Ambassador. Mort Ambassador. Okay. That's my official title. The, the Douglas I, Lang. I, I do a bit of everything within Douglas Lang. Right. It's a bit sales, it's a bit marketing, it's a whiskey festival, it's a tasting, it's uh, selecting the cast together with friendling. So what, what brought you into Douglas Lang? Um... It's a long story, uh, but professionally I started working with whiskey as a guide at Glenfiddich Distillery. Right. And uh, I've done that for six seasons. And one of my friends uh, worked with me, and she ended up with a job as malt ambassador with Douglas Lane. Now she moved to another company after a couple of years. Just uh, She was looking for a different challenge. And I phoned her up and asked her, do you mind if I apply for your job? And uh, she said, no, go for it. And I phoned up Fred Ling, had a couple of chats, went to Glasgow, and they decided to, to take me on. Yeah. And 
probably the only job interview ever that I was nervous for because I really didn't want to do the job. But any regrets or? No, no, never. Yeah. I had to move to Glasgow, but uh, that, that was the, the smallest. Uh, yeah. But it's been worth it. Yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. And Douglas Lang, I mean, for people who don't know about Douglas Lang, how would you describe Douglas Lang to someone? Um, I describe it generally that we are a 60-year-old family company and that we started off as a blending company and that's the reason why we've got so much stock of maturing single malts, single grains available that for the last 10-15 years we decided to make a selection of the mature stock that's available to us and that's how we got this fine range of old, rare, single malt and single grain biscuits. Now out of this fine range, you just poured me a sample. Yeah. Uh, that was, just that was uh, the Provenance Glenorns. Right. Uh, the, the reason why I poured you this is it's the, the start of the day yeah. and it's a fresh, fruity whiskey from the Highlands. Uh, it's matured for 11 years in a refill hogshead. So you maintain the original fresh character of the spirit without the wood adding too much to it. Right. So it's, uh, it won't give you a very strong warm aftertaste, so you can continue the day trying and sampling on so the So would that be American oak? Uh, yes, yeah. American oak, uh, ex-bourbon, but uh, when the wood came from the States to, to Scotland and they made a new cask, they, they just used more staves to make a bigger cask, and that's the hot set. Okay, and it's an 11-year-old, and you think this is going to be a good start to the day. Yep. Let's find out. This is also the type of whiskey I would offer to somebody who says, oh, I don't like whiskey. It's harsh, it's burning. No, it's only 11 years old. It's not extremely old. But there's such a sweet, pear-drop uh, roundness to it that the, the novice in whiskey tasting or whiskey drinking, whether it's male or female, can really appreciate it yeah. because it's so different from the normal dram. Now what I've noticed about this is the nose on this whiskey is very light, quite enticing. You want to get in there to get a bit more of that nose yeah. out. But the flavour, that had a lightness to it, but it was also quite crisp. And you're right about the sweetness. That certainly comes up more on the, on the aftertaste. Yeah. But it's also got that little bit of an edge to it, that lovely little crispness. Very strong mouthfeel, yeah. but what a beautiful long finish to it. Still tasting it now. Brilliant recommendation to start the day. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Jan. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be back later. Good to see you. Excellent.